Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Good morning, everybody. Let's give the Lord another good praise offering. We praise you, Jesus. Let's, let's shout out the high praises of God in this place. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Father. King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords, we worship you. Amen. God is so good. God is faithful. You may be seated. Thank you very much. Well, as has already been said, my parents send their love and their regards. And uh, they're having a great time. They're taking a good break, as you know. And uh, they're on their way to Cape Town this week. So really looking forward to that and the flight down there. And um, I also send you greetings from my wife and my family down in, in uh, White River. Uh, they're having church down that side. And uh, the congregation over there also sends their love and their blessings to you. And uh, praise God. God is good and faithful all the time. Well, I want to just open in prayer before we get going. And the message this morning on the Restorer, I want us to look at this image. And we're going to ponder on it a bit and think about it as we go through this. But let's open in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. And I pray, Father, that your word would find entrance and that the seed, Lord, which is planted would not only find entrance, Father, but it would fall on fertile soil where it would grow. We pray that through your Holy Spirit, you turn over the soil of our hearts this morning. Fertilize the soil through your Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's with great honor and respect that we stand on this platform. And I know Pastor George and uh, Pastor Jacques, we oftentimes, and, and people coming onto this plan, there's a massive amount of responsibility. And when we stand here and we speak, it is, it is not something that we do lightly. And uh, I want to just thank the Lord for the opportunity of, of having me be here this morning. And I want to share briefly a part of my testimony and then maybe go on to what is happening in the country at the moment and where people are at, really, in their personal lives. You know, I, uh, I have a... A testimony that very few people perhaps know of because, you know, I live a life that is extremely, has been living a life that's been very private in many ways. And, and because of one's past, you're often ashamed. But the things that have been, that I have been, you know, that is, that is part, that is colored in this picture of my life are things that today stand out as a testimony and a flag of the goodness of Jesus Christ. It's a banner. It's a proclamation that God is merciful, gracious, God loves us, God will never leave us, He will never forsake us, He is with us. The calling and the destiny and the purpose of God in your life. And that for the reason that He has put you here in a time like this, in our country, here where we are right now. In a time that we're living, and I believe with all of my heart, we're living in the very end of the end days. The very end, the Bible speaks of the generation that sees the fig tree blossom. And all theologians will be in, are in agreement that the fig tree described is Israel in 1948 getting their independence on the very day that a curse actually ended as well. And it's by no coincidence that it happened that way. A curse over the nation from the time of Ezekiel ends. And as it ends, on the very day it ends, they get their independence. And Jesus says that the generation that sees the fig tree blossom will see my return. We're living in that time. We're living in the last days, and you've been chosen to be here. 
Amen. So we grew up in a, in a house, as you know, led by my dad, which, is, uh, which has been phenomenal. Growing up under the pews and the chairs, and says, if, you're, if you're naughty, then cry somewhere can I be here on the bin. Get pinched if you're naughty. And under the chairs, and, and, and remember the days back from the tent, and growing up, and just all of us in this band, I mean, we all used to play, we all used to sing, all of us got some opportunity at some stage to lead the band, and for, for a number of years, this is what we did, it's what I did. And, and uh, from there went, I was in, in standard six and entered into Bible school for the first time and finished Bible school twice before I even left the school. And so at the age of about 20 years old, I entered into the missions field. When, I got, when my parents got saved, and I remember in 1981, all I wanted to do was become a pastor. Just wanted to be nothing else. Wanted to serve God. Wanted to serve God in that way. And, and I so loved the bush at the time, and which is so great because right now my dad refers to the Lowfelt as Paradise 101. It's the Paradise Extension 101. And uh, we live down there, and guess what I'm doing tomorrow on my off day? <laughs> After the service, I'm going straight back home and getting my camera out to me off to the Kruger National Park. Don't be green and, and ugly and, and uh, with me now, but that's where we live, and those are the things that we do down there on our off days. And God has been good to me in that way. But I wanted to be a pastor. And when I, I, when I found out I could, there's a, a thing called a missionary and they work in the bush. <laughs> That's all I wanted to be. All I wanted to be is a missionary working for God. And so my life followed a course, followed a pattern. And once after, after being in Mozambique and I uh, spent many years there, spent many years after that in Angola, uh, working as a missionary. Uh, uh, my life at, at one stage after I'd returned took a terrible turn. And things happened to me that I had not planned for, I had not expected. And it completely, completely derailed me. Completely derailed me. Satan managed to get, into, managed to get his claws. And you must understand the effect of that, not only on me, but on my parents and on my siblings. And, and I completely, completely went off the rails. Completely. I, I decided after that, that if, and, and I started blaming God for the things that had happened in my life. Started blaming God and said, if this is the God that's, that's a good God, and this is how, if how he, he looks after us, is if this is what He does, why should I, why should I bother and these were the questions and the things. Thank God I never cursed God. I never went down that extreme road that, that oftentimes we find that people go, do. But I went off the rails completely. And years after that, many years after that, uh, went into the construction industry. And, and one day, uh, 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 in the process of all of this, God intentionally, deliberately, with a calling that is placed on my life, decided to pull the carpet out from under me. Because what had happened was, I had been relying on the arm of my own flesh, my own ability, and I've got abilities physically. I'm very practical and I'm somebody that can easily, easily do things. And decided to take the arm of my own flesh and to break it. To pull the carpet out from under me, the chair that I was sitting at, and I fell on my knees one morning. In deep and in sorrowful repentance, turn back to God. 
And so my journey with the Lord again began. In turmoil, I remember arguing with God one morning and saying, God, I cannot go back into the ministry. I know that's where I've been functioning and that I did before. Can't do that. What will the people say? What shall the say? What shall the say? And God just spoke to me in a very audible voice. I almost rolled the car. He said, do you want to tell me that what I did for you is not good enough? Who cares what the people have to say? You know that once God has forgiven you, it's over. You turn back the previous page, there's nothing written there. It's gone. And people oftentimes hold grudges. That, the, the funny thing, the interesting, I don't want to go into forgiveness now. It's a whole topic on its own. But here it is. That if somebody has, has held a grudge against you, that night he goes home, falls on his knees, prays to God to forgive you. God's forgiven him. You, you're the guy walking around with a grudge. That person is set free completely. And in this way, this is what happened to me. And we started at Mbeni and it's grown from strength to strength in the last four years. We started our first year, 800,000 meals. Second year, 1.2 million meals. The third year, we, we served 12.7 million meals. Last year, through COVID, 7.8 million meals. This year, just out of our feed, food processing facility year, uh, 250,000 meals a month, just coming that out into the schools. And God has been blessing and opening doors, considering the, the purpose and the plan, the reason why He has placed me here on this earth, serving Him, He's moving things out the way for us. But I want to talk this morning about God the Restorer. You know, oftentimes we think of God and we think of the restoration in our lives and we think about things like finance and material things, you know. The debt which the devil has stolen 70 times, seven times, God will restore that. And sure, that is the truth. And God does restore those things unto us. But there's a robbery that has taken place that is way more severe than my finances. Way more severe than physical and material things which I cannot take with me. Cannot take with me. That robbery... That burglary that has taken place specifically is our faith and our trust in the Lord's amidst the storm that has happened in the last two years. Our trust in God. Now I know what I'm talking about because I've gone through a time that my trust and my hope has been shaken and specifically in the goodness of God. And there are people, and I'm going to say that the majority of people sitting here have questioned God, but why? How? What is going on here? At the, what is happening? When the most intellectual of the intellectuals cannot figure out what is happening. And people have, 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 uh, have lost faith in God. And in addition to that, so, so scarred their relationship with God that they think God can't forgive me for the things and the thoughts that I have had in this period of time. Having lost family members, having lost brothers and sisters during this COVID pandemic, having lost fathers and mothers, having lost close, dear friends, where is God in all of this has been the question that many a people sitting here have asked 
and even to the point of doubting whether God really cares for us at this stage. It's a difficult thing. And you know what? This has been the strategy that the devil has had over all of these years. Listen to this. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 4. Consider the strategy that Satan has and that he has implemented. Consider this. It says here in Genesis 3, and we'll quickly paint a picture there. They're sitting in the garden, and God says to Adam and Eve, you can eat of all of these trees, but for the one that is in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You may not touch that tree. And this is what Satan does, and he says, to, goes to Eve, and he says, then the serpent said to the women, you will not surely die, for God knows that the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will be just like God, knowing which is good and evil. And so the first thing that Satan does is, he takes her attention off of all the trees that they can have. And if you're going to make a study, there's close on 2,000 fruit trees. 2,000, and he takes her eyes off the 1,999 and says, that one that you can't have, forget about what you've got. Unimportant, what you can't have, why can't you have that? And he puts her attention on that. And so oftentimes, we forget about the blessings around us. Forget about that, the goodness of God around us. And we start focusing on the things that, the one single thing that we are, that we are battling with. And he goes on to say, he says, you will not surely die. And in that he starts negating God. Starts calling God a liar. Starts twisting the character of God. You're not going to die. Come on, be, let's be real. Let's be real. What is happening here? You know, and so many times, especially in our modern times, people look at the Bible and say, well, let's be real. This thing is not, it can't be relevant to us in this way that it's been written. Can't be real to us. Can't be relevant to us. I want to say to you that I believe the Bible in its literal form. Not allegorically, not some form of poetry that has been written for me in some way that I've got to now decipher in this mystery of some poet that has written this. I believe in the literal Bible, that the Bible says that Jesus walked on water. Amen. The Bible says that the Red Sea opened. It opened and they walked through on dry land. I believe that Lazarus was raised from the dead, literally. I believe that Jesus has been risen from the dead. It's not some sort of allegorical, and you know, people think that, well, this is modern times, and these things are now human, and human rights starts interfering, which are actually human wrongs in many ways. And so, for God knows, as if God is hiding something from you, he says, for God knows that when you, when you eat, God, and, and he starts twisting the character of God, and then eventually Satan offers something which God is withholding. And in this way, you know, people have gone through terrible. The world's gods have been shaken through COVID. Our economies and, uh, have been shaken. And financial markets and, and, and investments and sports gods have been shaken. And throughout all of this, people's arm, the arm of our own flesh has even broken off. And people have come out of this thing. Many people scarred in their hearts. Scarred in their hearts. Because of the things that they've gone through. Emotions have been, have been trampled upon. Our souls have been broken. 
And so it's been, it's been a terrible time for people. You know, the, uh, your w- people uh, reaching a point where they, I've lost my business. I've had the worst week of my life. Lost my business. People's will for life comes to a point where they just don't want to anymore. As I said, the most intellectual, and the Bible says that the wisdom of man is foolishness unto God. But people through their intellect try and reason out this time that, we, that we're in. People have drifted away from God. And I want to say this morning, do you not think that it is time for us to reconsider our, our position with God? Reconsider our lives and our commitment to the Lord. We sing songs that call Him the, the, the way maker, the miracle worker and the promise keeper. And He is. He's the truth, the way, the truth and the life. Do we believe those things when we sing of the goodness of God? You know, the Bible speaks in Proverbs 3 and verse 5 to 6. It says, Jelle, buy a still forhand. Are you, everybody okay in this place? You're very quiet. <laughs> Proverbs verse 3 to 5 and 6, it says, and it's giving us a commandment. It says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding because you're not going to be able to figure this thing out. Acknowledge him in your ways and you'll make your path straight. It says in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom and these things will be added unto you. And in seeking his kingdom, placing it first doesn't take the problems away. It numbs it a bit. And while you're focusing on God, he sorts these things out. Because he promised that he would. Keep your eyes upon Jesus, as the song says. And so... God really wants to restore our souls and wants to restore the brokenheartedness. I believe this morning that He truly loves you. And think about the fact that He's loved me so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross. Who would do that? Come on, who would take their child, my own two kids? Who would take your children and and, and hang your kid on a cross? Who would do that? God did that out of love for us. Purpose and a plan salvation, to see, to see us being grafted into the promises that he had made for Israel. We're a part of that. Gentiles, Samaritans, having been grafted into this, into this olive tree with all of the benefits around that. And don't for one minute think that God has lost control. Listen to what the Bible says here in Psalms 24. It says, the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. Having been called according to this purpose. We need to consider the goodness of God, that you need to start filling yourself with the truth of God, the truth of God's goodness, so that you could get to a place that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. God wants to restore the brokenhearted. And you know, I once had a, heard a, an example in, uh, of how our minds work. We, uh, the, it, was, it was said once, and I cannot remember where it, I heard it, that our minds work like a filing cabinet. And whenever we get confronted with a problem, uh, we take out one of those files, how to deal with problem X. And if somebody, and if we're, if we're not saved, those files are completely corrupted. Completely corrupted. And uh, if someone, if someone uh, 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 you know, pulls out in front of you, 
the first thing you do if you're not saved is you pull over, pull over, put on your rugby jersey, and you uh, go and pick a fight. And it doesn't work like that. We've got filing systems that once we, once we get saved, those files need to be replaced with the truth of the word. And the only way to not, during these times, these difficult times, not get trampled upon, uh, upon not, get, not have the devil have his way with you, is to keep filling those files with examples and that which the Word of God says. Who I am in Christ. Listen to what the Bible says here about God. And we need to get that clear. That God is always good. This is what this morning is about. God is always good. Always good to us. Listen to Psalm 100 verse 5. It says, For the Lord is good. Put this into those filing systems of yours. For the Lord is good. That will never change. And His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures for all generations. Psalm 66 and verse 20 says, Bless the Lord who has not turned away any of my prayers, nor His mercy from me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. He loves me so much that He gave His Son. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that no trial... No test, no temptation, no, nothing that you're going through right now is uncommon, is unusual to God. All men go through the same tests. And with those tests, God gives us the way out, a, a, a way of escape. James 1 of verse, says, 1 of verse 2 says that, uh, it says this, that um, consider all of these tests and trials that you go through as joy as they're building and strengthening your faith. They're strengthening your faith and giving you endurance. Giving us endurance, the tests and the trials that we're going through. James 1 and verse 2. I want us to read Psalm, just as a, as a matter of point here, read Psalm 23 together, please. Let's all stand up and read this together. I've got it coming up on the screens here. Is it up here? Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Go for it. I will not evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? That your cup will run over. Let's have a seat. Your cup will run over. Listen to what he says there. He restores my soul. My soul is restored. My soul, the broken part of me that God wants to fix. And when he does a restoration, we always see on the television these guys doing the cars and they rip out the seats and they reupholster and they redo the beatings and they make this thing look absolutely fantastic. I want to tell you that that is a half job compared to what God will do for your soul. You cannot compare what God is willing to and wanting to do for you this morning. Amen. 
Now, I, we need to be more like Paul. And I've got very little time left here. But we need to be more like Paul. You know, Paul was shipwrecked three times on his missions journeys. Three times. On one of those times that he got shipwrecked, he got bitten by a snake as well. I mean, come on. The guy's doing the work of... This is, the, this is Paul that we're talking about. The greatest missionary, the greatest apostle, Vaughan, God's ever seen. God, that we've ever seen. Wrote two-thirds of our Bible. The guy's going through difficult times. They're chasing him from end to end. People are manhunting him, eventually beheading him. And so this is what Paul says. When they say to him, we will kill you. Philippians 1 verse 2 said, uh, Philippians 1 verse 21, they say, we'll kill you. And then he says, well, to die is gain. We will leave you then, while to live is Christ. We will torture you. I consider the present sufferings are not comparable to the coming glory. We're going to put you in prison. Well, give me some elevation music and I'll convert your gods, convert the other inmates with me and the angels will come and open the doors for me just now. Come on. You know, this is somebody that knew that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And we need to reclaim that which the devil has stolen. For God is the God of the second chance for every person sitting here this morning. And the third chance. And the fifth and the tenth chance. It is for that very reason, God knowing that we cannot do these things out of our own. We can't do these things out of our own. That he sent Christ to come and die for us on the cross. And I believe this morning, God wants to restore your faith. He wants to restore your hope, your belief, your trust. And he wants to bring restoration to broken hearts, broken souls, people that have questioned him in the last few months during this time of COVID. There's a last psalm that I want to read here with you, and then I'm going to end in prayer. It says here, Psalm 62, My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. And this is our, this is our, this is our declaration this morning. That God is our refuge. You know, without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. The opposite of faith is fear, and I will not fear. And then lastly, the Bible says that though they trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion and will not be shaken. This morning, I want to make a prayer, and then I'm going to do an altar call as well. But I want to pray this morning that if you've come into a place, I want everybody, every head to bow right now. Every head to bow right now. If you've come into this place and you can, and you can relate to what I have said, you can relate to what I've said, that you've questioned God and you've doubted God. You've doubted the goodness of God this morning. I want us to make a prayer. and I'm going to make a, a covered prayer and all of us can pray this prayer together. 
If you think about it, think about the, the thoughts that you've had. And as we pray this prayer, I want you to truly repent and ask God for forgiveness. And once again, make Him the center of your life. Make Him that hope, that eternal hope that will not fail. Listen to me, we're living in the last days. No doubt about it. We're living in the last days. This is not a time to give up. This is not a time to retire. This is a time to refire. Let's pray together. I want you to pray after me. Father God, this morning, Lord, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive me for ever doubting you, for ever questioning you. I pray, Lord, that you would restore my faith, restore my hope, restore my belief, restore my soul, according to Psalm 23, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you've come into this place, you've heard me speak, and you've even gone further, and you've turned your back on the Lord, and you want to make a new commitment, while every head is is, is still bent, uh, uh, um, bent and every, every, everyone just looking down or, and start praying for the people around you if you don't mind please every believer start praying for the people around you this is a time, this is a serious time Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 12 and 23 it says I will not be ashamed for the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation and I want to make an invitation this morning for people that have, that have drifted away from God so far that you feel strongly in your heart, you need to make a new commitment. Listen to me, it's not a, this thing is not easy. It's not a, it's like a, it's not a, it's, this is not a game for sissies, to put it quite frankly. Because the devil will try and take you out again and again. That is his goal, that is his objective. But by the power of God, the grace of God, we have forgiveness and consistently we can come back and turn back to God. So I want to ask if there are people that want to recommit their lives to God this morning or even give it to the Lord for the first time. That hand, I want you to raise it. I'm going to ask you after this to even come forward. So don't raise your hand if you're just going to be raising it for the sake of for me to see it. I'm going to be inviting you to come forward, to, to come in. There's going to be home cell leaders going to be standing with. They're going to go to the side hall and they're going to go and pray for you. If you want to make a new commitment to God this morning, I want you to raise your hand and to come forward to me right now. And I want all the home cell leaders or the, the life group leaders to please come and stand behind those people. Please, everybody that, is, that wants to make a new commitment to God, please come and stand here. I want to make a prayer over you. Amen. If you want to make a commitment to God, recommit your life, please come and stand here with me. There are more people here. I cannot for one minute believe that this is the only people. I know that there are more people here. God has spoken to many people and I want you to come out, come and stand here. Make a commitment to the Lord this morning. Make a commitment. This is a decision that you make that is going to change your life forever. Amen going to change your life forever. My sister, God bless you, both of you, in Jesus Christ's name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can turn to your left and follow Pastor George over there. Let's just close in prayer. Amen.
There's still an opportunity for you to go to the side hall afterwards. Please don't, please don't neglect this. It's such an important thing, turning back to God. There's nothing that you've done that will separate you from the love of God. The Bible says that. Nothing that we do can separate us from His love. So please, if you, if you will, go and see Pastor George in the, in the side hall there. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we pray, Lord, that this word as it has been ministered, will dwell with us, will keep, stay with us, Lord. Let us, let us change those files in our, in our filing system, Father God, and fill it with, with, with text messages and verses, Father God, verse upon verse upon, declaration upon declaration of the goodness of God, because we serve a God that is so good to us, a God that is in control of our lives, control of every aspect of our lives. Father, we love you, Lord. Pray that you be with every person here this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.